0: We're hearing a lot of talk in recent years of a divorce of the country between liberals and conservatives. The argument appears to be that our ideologies have become so disparate that we can no longer live peacefully together in common cause and must separate into two distinctly separate nations so we can all live the kinds of lives we want. Liberals can have their big government nanny state and conservatives can have their traditional constitutional view of how the nation should be run. In theory, this sounds like a great idea, but knee-jerk reactions are rarely the best path forward. The problem I run into when I think about a peaceful divorce is that much of this perception is driven by our national media, a very small community when compared to the general public. If you watch the news networks, it always seems like we're in the middle of a major national catastrophe, continually on the verge of societal collapse. While this is partly true due to certain political decisions of late, America is a long way from becoming unviable in terms of economic and political power in the global sense. From any objective metric, we are still the premier superpower of the world, and regardless of the fact that our current leadership refuses to exert that influence, every other nation on the planet still trembles at the idea of becoming our enemy. It is this disparity in perception versus reality that is truly fueling the drive toward a national separation. Too many of us are entranced by headlines and posts and news broadcasts that are trying to convince us that society is falling apart and there is nothing we can do about it. They try to tell us that we simply need to just let it all go and start over. If your sole source of information is one of the major news networks, it's easy to become convinced that this is the truth. However, the reality is that most of us still believe in the American dream, and there are so many more of us than there are of the radical extremists on either side of the aisle. Power is the ultimate goal of anyone who rises toward the top of a societal structure, and that power can only be exerted if the people who fall beneath that umbrella are willing to allow that authority to rule over them. There are two ways to accomplish this, mutual satisfaction or fear. America was built on the idea of moving away from the fearful and tyrannical rule of the British crown to setting up a mutually beneficial society in which we all decide how we want to live. It was this optimism that set the stage for the awe-inspiring nation that we live in today. As with most things in our lives, however, the world lives in cycles, and we are returning to a time where those in power have forgotten the benefits of living in a mutually beneficial society and have allowed their all-consuming greed to revert their tactics back toward fear. Rather than living within the still opulent limits that a free and fair society allows them, they feel a constant need to grab more and more power and influence. Like any drug, the feeling of control over the world around us can become quite addicting. Expecting them to stop this behavior on their own is unrealistic. It is because of this that things have become the way they are today. The greedy and powerful have accumulated so much control over our lives that it seems nearly impossible to push back against it. We have been isolated into feeling like we are alone in our desire for personal freedom and a fair shot at our own version of success, whatever that might be. So many people are trying to convince us that it's hopeless that few people are willing to stand up against this rising tide of authoritarianism and it seems like there's nothing left but for us to split into our own separate groups. Fortunately, I believe that the reality is that these people played their hands much too early in their impatience to grab hold of every ounce of power they could find. Perhaps if they had waited a few more generations, patiently indoctrinating us in the ways of submitting to their authority before revealing their true intentions, it might have worked. However, like most single-minded forward thinkers, they couldn't wait for the time to be right and enough people still believe in America to push back against their tyrannical goals. Regardless of what you might have heard, there are far more traditional Americans, both liberal and conservative who believe in what America was always supposed to be, than the ultra-elite socialist authoritarians who want to run our lives. You can see this as we watch the continued unfolding of the COVID lockdowns. Even hyper-liberal cities like New York City have begun pushing back quite strongly against the continued attempts to lock down the city, with most people simply ignoring the mandates being handed down by those on high. The average person isn't nearly as politicized as our political class wishes they were, simply trying to get through each day as best they can. Most of us are pretty close to the center on most issues, and we're willing to compromise to allow other people to live as they wish as long as the same applies to us. Very few people have a desire to oppress others. The stage is set for a strong push back toward traditional American values, but not through the political class we've endured for the last several decades. The United States was made great through the courage of regular people banding together to make our country far greater than simply the sum of its parts. Overturning the political corruption we see on both sides of the aisle is a simple matter of people refusing to submit to this oppressive and hyper-partisan two-party system and simply electing people who represent their own values. By refusing to conform to someone else's ideology and voting your own heart, we can pull away from the railroad that has been built for us to blindly travel down and forge a new path into the future. It simply requires a bit of fortitude and common sense.